Welcome to the next episode of Playing Karate in the Garage. I hope you've been enjoying our last episodes and you have been getting some information and some knowledge about the things that we have been um, discussing over the past few episodes. So if you have any questions or any shout-outs, don't forget to check out our Facebook page and yeah, write them down and just give us a like. Over to you. Alright, so what were we talking about before? Oh yeah, our last podcast, we were talking about sort of depression and, and diet in response to depression and how to... How to manage it. Oh uh, yeah, that's it. So, how to, you know, typically stay away from, you know, foods that are, that are toxic, mainly everything that's heavily processed, Okay. going back to, you know, naturals, trying to get a bit... um. Try to just start taking things such as nuts, especially cashews. Keep these raw, by the way. Yes, raw, which are, you know, sort of the happy nuts. Turmeric. Like, I had this question that, you know, uh, on a Facebook page, they were asking whether turmeric would be would be as efficient, even if you came in the little um, in the little bottle that you can buy it from the supermarket shelf. And I just said, if you can, if you can get it organic... It will be even better, but even the one at the, at the supermarket will have some effect on you. Yeah. Will have a positive effect on you. There's nothing better than actually buying the turmeric root, which you can yes. buy at any, what do you call it, grocery store. Now, the next level up is, yes, so you go for the, the organic stuff. and the powder. It, yeah, the powder. So it's just turmeric powder. You can buy something called curcumin, which is the, you know, active ingredient in turmeric, which gives it the yellow color. The problem with getting pure curcumin by itself, or curcumin, how, I don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things. I always prefer the whole food. There's always, when it comes to bioavailability, curcumin by itself actually has a very low bioavailability if you're taking it orally. I'm guessing that's how we're all taking it these days. Um... <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. You know okay. what I mean? You know what I, okay. you know what I mean? Oh, that was bad. No, no, you know what I mean. Um, if you if you eat it, right? So, <laughs> fuck, now I've lost. Um, oh yeah, that's right. So, when you're having the when you're having turmeric in its whole food form, if you're using it in a spice, whatever it is, oh sorry, for cuisines. You're going to have other substances in there that will increase the bioavailability. Not only that, if you're having it as a part of a meal, you're eating. Eating foods which will absorb. The fats will always help you to absorb more. So as a whole food product, you're going to absorb the good stuff from that nutrient. As opposed to having a pill. And yeah, so that's my recommendation. The stuff in the supermarket, just be a bit careful of the more commercial labels. They tend to use a lot of fillers. Yes, and mix it with other things. Mm. Now, what I've been doing, uh, I've been taking the the powder myself, just you know from the just shelf. Just spice. Yeah, just yep. the spice, nice and simple. And before, I would mix it on a teaspoon with honey, and that's what I would take it. Now these days I bought empty capsules. The vegan Yeah, capsules. the vegan capsules. So I've been making my own capsules. I'll be putting a little bit of powder inside the capsules and just taking them as part of my supplement stack. 
This is a great idea. As yeah. long as you're having it with a meal, yeah. doing doing yeah. well. As long as you have it with a meal, it, it does well. Mm. It will do. It will do wonders. It will do good things for you. So we're saying for depression, unrefined foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say definitely high fats. Good yes. fats, by the way. Good fats, so yeah, very yeah. important. Now you mentioned cashews and keeping your nuts raw. We've talked about why you want to keep your your nuts raw. But here's something interesting. So when I went to my naturopath, she suggested to soak nuts overnight and then put them in the oven just to dry them off or just dry them off however, to sort of activate them. What you're doing in activating it is you're breaking down, sort of breaking down what's in you know in the nut itself to keep it hard. And it's almost like you're starting off that sprouting process. So this helps enzymes to activate and to not digest or it'll it'll help you to digest so in the end you won't have as many issues if you've got stomach or gut issues you have poor digestion or whatever it is you might think about doing that so almonds cashews whatever it is soak it overnight what you do is then you drain off the water and if you want to dry it off you might Put it in the oven, very, very low temperature. You don't want to cook your nuts. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> that. <laughs> Remember that. You do not want to cook your nuts. Wear comfortable underwear, especially when you're training. Something really nice and tight. I want to roll. I want to roll tonight. <laughs> but um, you can actually buy this. You can buy activated almonds. And they're not cheap, so want to make your own. So there you go. Here's a way to... Help your digestion a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so what else were we talking about recently? Oh, that's right. I've been doing a lot of reading into this, and apparently this generation now is going... To, well, our... How do I say it? Our parents are going to outlive us. That's the way it's heading. Just by diabetes, lifestyle disease, metabolic disease, I should say. Um, this new condition, diabetes, that's popped up, all of that, it's scary. It's freaking scary knowing that our life expectancy is less than that of our parents. Now, has that been proven? Yes. I can't cite the exact articles okay. I've read, but I have been doing a lot of study, especially for all the stuff that I'm doing at the moment. I'm having to read a lot about different metabolic conditions and metabolic disease itself and how it interacts with exercise and so just by doing that research i found a lot of a lot of references to the current life expectancy and it's bloody scary and it just goes to show that hey this this is talking about people who didn't understand what the hell low fat meant you know, low fat, low whatever it was, low GI weren't even on the radar back then. And now that we're so obsessed with all this bullshit, <laughs> we're suffering from diabetes. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Like, you know, looking at uh, past generations, see, my grandfather, he lived up to 92, 92 years old. And, you know, he was, you could say, reasonably healthy. He had a full set of hair. So he he was he was looking good. You mean, <laughs> a, full, a full set of teeth? 
No, no, full set of hair. You know how a lot of people start going bald when they start getting older? Mm. He had his natural hair, all of it, up until 92, which is pretty really cool. cool. Yeah. And now kids are getting diabetes. Yeah, apparently that that is a very a very scary thing. But I think it's not only um, due to the fact that there's all this new all this new food, but I think more the lifestyle. Nowadays you have a lot of you know kids that are not as active as they used to be back in the day, and even people they're not doing things as functional as they were back in the day as well. Yes. Like back then, there was a lot more movement. There was a lot more things that that, that you had to do because uh, you did not have the the technology that we have these days. Like we didn't have the internet. We didn't have you know phones or anything like that. So in a way, our lifestyle has become easier. But on the other one, it's forced us to become. I wouldn't say lazy, but there's just simply no need for us to be doing anything hard. So our efficiency is our downfall. Exactly. Mm. And it's it is scary. The argument would be, okay. So what I'm finding this this generation now, parents will buy them the latest console. So a ten year old will have a PS4, and a ten year old will have the latest iPhone as well. Whereas when I was a kid, you wait. Until it's it's either Christmas or it's your birthday or some sort of event, and even then, it takes there's a massive build up for you to get one thing. Yeah, exactly. Like even today, like uh, before, but then see again before we didn't have phones, we didn't have internet. I even remember, you know, getting my my Super Nintendo that had been on layby yeah. <laughs> all the year until Christmas, and I was waiting throughout the whole year with a big expectation. Because I knew that my Super Nintendo was going to labor and it was going to come out for Christmas. So. But you had to wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But nowadays, there's, there's no waiting involved. No. In a lot of, in a lot of households. Yeah. So there's that, ex, uh, there's that expectation of the instant gratification. And that goes to food as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when I was a kid and you might have a treat. Every two weeks you go to the supermarket and you might be allowed a treat and that was it. When it ran out, that was it. There was none of this, oh, we'll go to the supermarket every second day and you can have whatever you want. The argument would be for parents saying, we have to work two jobs or whatever it is and we can't spend as much time with our kids so we don't want them to miss out. Yeah. <laughs> You're not doing any favours for your child when he or she develops diabetes or di- diabetes. Mm-hmm. And that's the the lack of understanding. So it is interesting to note that with all this ADHD stuff coming out, when we were younger, I know in our generation, our parents didn't believe in ADHD. Oh, no. It was called a naughty child, and the solution was called a smack. Yeah, and there was a very, very efficient solution. (laughs) (laughs) It was. (laughs) But then again, when we were younger... I don't know about you, but I wasn't allowed to have soft drink. We were only having sweets maybe at birthday parties. So this is, you know, colored, processed, Mm -hmm. artificial stuff. It was very rare. And we were expected to have our dinner if, if there was dessert. There wasn't always dessert, but if there was dessert, we would have to eat our dinner first. And that was the rule. So we weren't exposed to as many of these chemicals and, and, 
weird substances. So then you think, okay, the incidence of ADHD and all these childhood conditions has skyrocketed. And we're feeding our kids, we're feeding mini baby fish oil to kids. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Wait, why, why are we feeding them baby fish oil? Why are we feeding them supplements for? <laughs> you know, since when are kids supposed to have pills? Yeah, that is true. That's that's a scary thing. I get, I get. Back in the day, they before before our time, children were given cod liver oil. Yes, and apparently the other stuff used to stink and it was sour as anything. Oh yeah, it's disgusting. Like, you know, yeah, you could not even swallow it. Apparently, you know, my dad when he was when he was small, his mum would try and give it to him, but he just couldn't do it. That was for rickets. Yeah. Yep. So uh, cod liver oil has a high amount of vitamin A, a lot of you know, essential fatty acids in there. So also had vitamin D, and that would prevent rickets, and that's what it was used for. Now, that's fine. That's cod liver oil. It's not in a capsule. It's not. It's it's as it's supposed to be, and yeah, you could argue that oh, it, it's the same thing in a capsule, but. The stuff in the capsule has been bleached, it's been deodorized, it's been made to look pleasant and smell pleasant. And oh, the kiddies ones now, they're in little um, jelly forms. So it's like a, a lolly that you're giving your kid. Which you're thinking, if you can turn fish oil into a lolly, how much processing has that thing gone through? Exactly. A lot of uh, additives, a lot mm. of. Uh fake colours. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is it. Have a little green, green fish oil capsule. Gee. <laughs> a little gel, a little jelly capsule just to, you know. No. Such bullshit. And the idea that you have to feed your kids all your supplements. If you're not feeding your kids food, real food, that you prepare for them yourself, like it's homemade, and it has all the nutrients they need, well, there's something's going on. You know, and, hey, my opinion is, if you can't really take care of your kids, don't have them. <laughs> don't assemble, don't have them. People keep talking about fertility and how much they want children, but fuck, if you're not taking care of them. Yeah, now, what was your opinion on that case that happened recently? I don't know if we spoke about this before, about the, the, that mother in, in Thailand, that she had the Oh, the surrogacy issue. Yeah. So, some guy, where was it? it was, I think from Perth. Okay, so from Australia. It was he, a couple. They paid this Thai lady, so a lot of Australian Australians who cannot have children here are paying surrogates in Thailand to have their children. And this lady ended up with twins, and one child had Down syndrome. In, so, in a small hole in his heart. Oh, so, okay. So, the what the controversy is, uh, the... Parents here wanted to. I keep. Oh, I've got to use this PC to. I keep thinking of the term "put down," as in you know, as in pets. You put. That's. I know it's horrible, but it's the same thing to me. Kids, pets, same thing. It's. They wanted. To, they didn't want to go through with having the child with Down syndrome, and when they gave, when the lady ended up giving birth to these twins, they took home the healthy child, and they left the child with Down syndrome with her. Yeah, their argument was well. She ref she refused to end that 
pregnancy, she or she insists upon going through with it. That's it's all he say. He says, she says. So I don't think anyone really knows exactly what happened. But it's um, it's an interesting case where you go, oh, okay, what's happening in the first place? Apparently, there's a lot of cases where people foreigners are getting Thai surrogates, and there was a. A uh, Japanese case as well. A uh, Japanese businessman. Yeah, that happened in in, uh, in Bangkok, and they found this whole sort of hotel filled up with babies. Yes. And they were all his. It was filled up with babies and nannies. Oh, babies and nannies. Yeah, the nannies to look after all the babies. That's right, because he wanted kids to take over his business. You know, after he passed away, or whatever it was. And you sort of think, okay, so now. You're, you're making life this valueless thing, this thing that you can just purchase so easily. Where it's, you know, I think if you, you don't get the choice when it comes to life. You don't get the choice. What you end up with, you're not buying a new car, and it's not as if you're going to the pound to pick up a puppy, and you look at all the puppies and you say, "Oh, well, I want that one because it's." <laughs> It's the fluffiest and it's the cutest, so I'm gonna have that. Well, when it comes to a human being, I don't think it's quite fair and ethical for you to have that choice and say, "Well, that one's just not right," so let's just take that away. And I guess some people would say, "Well, if it was my body, I would choose to end it if there was a problem." All right, I get that. I get that. But then. What do you do when? Yeah, you know? <laughs> there's a lot of debate, you know, even yeah. with ending the pregnancy and all that, because you know, at what stage during the pregnancy do you decide if it is already a baby, if it's oh, not? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. When does it become a human being? When it starts taking shape before it has yeah, shape? This, like this debate yes. has been going on for a long time between. Between women and the church. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know so, what I so mean? So, you don't know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Basically, most modern day women, they. Yeah. <laughs> let's, not, <laughs> let's not go into it. There's too much debate about this. Yeah. We're talking about health here, not, not controversial shit. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a bit of controversy into this thing. Yeah. We don't know if no one. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what is your. Opinion on these um, protein bars that you've been having lately? I am such a huge fan, so I'm a, addicted to Quest bars. Like I, I was trying to have one the other day, but I couldn't find them. Um, they're not that they're not that common yet in no. a lot of supplement stores. No, they're not. They're quite recent. See, it's one of those things. I like to, to jump from product to product to see what I like. And right now, I love this because. They're very simple. There's very few ingredients. And apparently you can put them in the microwave oh, and then they, they will just get bigger and Oh, they're better. amazing. Yeah. The mi- but the only problem is that I don't like the idea of using a microwave anymore. And I'll use a microwave here and there just as a, all right, I've come home from work. It's super late and I'm yes. desperate. That's yes. the only reason. But unfortunately in today's world, the microwave has, you know, it has become a first a first world necessity. Like you need a, you need to use it nearly every day Not of your life. Not necessarily, you know. Like you know, if you're at work, if you have your leftovers from last night, you wanna heat them up, you need a microwave. Yes, I'll If work, you get yes. home late, you wanna heat up your dinner, you need a microwave. 
So if you want to have oats in the morning, you haven't got a lot of time. <laughs> you're gonna use your microwave. That's, so yeah. unfortunately, yeah. you 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 need to use it because I remember back during the mid '90s there was this big debate saying that uh, if you use your microwave too frequently, there was a chance of you getting cancer. There is some country that has banned the microwave. So I I believe there's gonna be a bit of substance behind it. Mm, see, I didn't use mine to be honest. It's very. It's only if I'm absolutely desperate. If I have to, I'll reheat on the stove. I know it's. I know it's time. Like takes time. Then again, I always think, in the end of the day, why? If I can have this, the way that a microwave works is that it's going. So these you've got these little bits of radiation. These little waves of radiation. They'll hit the food, and they'll speed up the pace of the water atoms. They'll speed up the pace of the water atoms inside the food, so the water molecules inside your food. And so by speeding up those water molecules, you're increasing the temperature and you're heating the food sort of from the inside or from wherever these microwaves will hit. Mm. That's that's how it works. What I don't like with that, with that process, is the fact that, all right, so this, this wave radiation has hit the, the water particle and it's increased the speed. One, it's not always even, not uniform, but also when you're changing that element, what else are you changing and what is the residual of the radiation? So, of course, it's been measured. I cannot remember that. See, my brain's not working today. Hey, there's uh, has one country, and I'm pretty sure it's part of the European Union, that has actually banned microwaves, mm. microwave ovens. Yeah, so it's um, it's interesting. That obviously has been done through study, through findings of some sort to indicate that using a microwave, microwave oven, is not safe. Well, not long term, it's not safe. So from all that, I always figure, you know what, it does, it tastes nicer just to cook your own food anyway on the stove top. Oh, definitely. Like, if you have the time, definitely do it. Yeah, there's nothing better than... The Fry, asparagus fried in butter with a little bit of sea salt, nothing better than yes. that. Yes, yeah, exactly right, but due to, you know, the, all, all the rushing around that we have in today's society is not always possible. See, this is where, this is where I think we need to reassess our priorities, and we need to realize that it's easy for us to say, oh, I'm too tired, I'd rather do this, and I'd rather do that. And for us to f- focus on the convenience of things and say, "Oh, I'm at work late," but in the long term, it will pay off. In long, not just not just that, but it's a mindset issue. And we have this is our approach to exercise as well. Oh, yeah, I'll work out later. I'll work out later. I'll do whatever. But then you got to put it into perspective. Most of us, if we're not, let's say we come home late from work and we go and heat something up in the microwave, where are we? While that microwave is, is working, we're usually lazing about in front of the couch. Where are we after we have our meal? We're lazing about in front of the TV. So why not use that time instead of just sitting around doing nothing? Maybe put some chicken on the, on the stove. And while you're doing that, I'm sure you can do some prep work for the next day at the same time. So at least, you know what? You're killing two birds with one stone. 
you are actually saving time because you're getting your stuff ready for the next day. And you're not having to to use something that shouldn't really exist in mm, our kitchens. Mm. And, and I think that's a big one that you just touched on just now. Planning. Yes. That's very, very important. Planning. Like, I think it's important to have little short-term plans. Something as simple as what you're going to do in the next... In the next, say, six hours of your day. Exactly. If you have different things to do, a little plan. It always helps and it goes a long way. Whether it is a sport, life, business, wherever, having a little plan. Even if it is very basic. You know, that's what we've learned. We've Sorry, that's what we've lost with mobile phones. Do you remember before mobile phones, we would say to our friends, hey, I'm going to meet you at the shopping mall at 10 o'clock. And you had, it's a, it's a, I'll meet you in front of this shop. You had to be there. Because you told them. And if you had to cancel, you had to call them well in advance. Not not 10 minutes before you're... Oh, not... No, sorry. Here's the thing. Not five minutes after you're supposed to arrive. Oh, hey, by the way, I can't make it. You had to let them know before they even left the house. And so that was hours before. So you had to know what you were doing. People had that foresight to actually realize where they would be. And have an, have an idea. Just have that basic common sense and decency whereas now it's so easy just to go oh i'll just send them a text even worse send them a a viber message a free viber message (laughs) so let's just hope they have an internet connection wherever they are it's this idea that everything is so convenient that we don't have to we don't have to plan for anything and And then yeah dangerous things like common courtesy yeah to being lost that's right so, for instance, you don't have, when I say you don't have the decency to, or the foresight to tell people where you're going to be, the people who need to know. And as well as that, you're so busy rushing around because you're permanently late for something, because you never plan. Mm-hmm. And this, this resonates to every other part of our life. It increases our stress. And as we know, stress is probably, in my opinion, the number one reason for all this lifestyle disease. Stress is, is everything. It affects our hormones, our GI tract, everything, our adrenal function. You can even have a negative effect on injuries. Oh, on you know, exactly. all the injuries or anything. Yeah. So it's interesting to to note. Maybe we should be a bit more proactive in, in talking about how to plan and setting up a plan yeah so all right here's here's the thing i'm gonna ask you i'll, I'll tell you what i did about with my day but let's say the night before the night before you have to go to work how would you prepare for the day ahead and why and sort of like why would you prepare i mean do you do you do anything the night before so you can sleep in the next day how do you do that well, the night before, I would have a bit of an idea on my head of the things that are left left over. Well, or the things that I left at the office that I know that I need to tackle in the morning. So I have an idea in my head of what I'm doing. But the night before, if I can do a little bit of, um, of prep beforehand, I would. So that would involve just going through my emails. Oh, so you, this is about prepping for work. Yes. No, I mean as in prepping for life. So, no, no, no. Okay. What I mean Prepping is, for life. because yeah. 
Look, but, work is, in my opinion, work is work. When you get to work, unless you have your own business, yeah, you're working for someone else. Outside of those hours, if you're not getting paid to do that, well, you should be focusing on yourself. Yeah, but unfortunately, a lot of things. Yeah, of course, I know that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. to make yourself more efficient in terms of between those hours that you're at home and work, what would you normally do? Well, the night before, I try and get what I'm going to be having for breakfast. I try to get it portioned and ready. Uh, I try to get my blender ready, all my ingredients for my coffee and everything set. So the only thing that I do once I hit the kitchen is just mix it all up and prepare it. And then off you go. Yeah, then off I go. So that's how I like to prep something small, such as mm. breakfast, from the night before. Because the last thing that I want is in the morning to be rushing, um, rushing without, um, without knowing what I'm trying to, to do. So from the night before, I will know what I'm going to have for breakfast, what I'm going to be preparing, what I'm going to be taking to work as a snack. And how much time would that normally save you? Uh, I would say a good 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, which is, you know what, when you, an extra 10, 15 minutes of sleep, yeah. it's pretty damn good. Yeah, definitely. But then unfortunately, I have found that the older that you get, the less time that you can sleep naturally. Like, a lot of times I don't even need uh, my alarm clock. I will wake up at the same time every day, regardless. And that's when I start missing high school. Because in high school, <laughs> I could sleep for, for hours. But then I would be having you know, a lot of late nights and going out and doing this and that. But that's when I should have been sleeping. And a lot See, of more sleeping in. You know, it's actually a good thing that you do wake up without your alarm clock. That's your sleep cycles. You're, you're waking up in that right phase of your sleep cycle. So when you wake up, when you're supposed to wake up, your body's in that right stage, which is a good thing. You know, it sucks, but then when you're a teenager, you do need a lot more sleep because you're growing. <laughs> so there's, there's a good little tip. Just get everything ready the night before. And I do something similar to you. I'll have, usually as I'm making my dinner, or at least in the evening, we usually rummage through the kitchen. And during that rummaging time, I try to make myself useful. And that way it diverts me at least away from snacks while I'm getting stuff ready. So I get all my subs ready and I'll portion all my subs out. So things like my fish oil and whatever it is. And I put them into little Ziploc bags and I'll leave them in the fridge. So of course, you know, you leave, leave your fish oils in the fridge. And in my little bag, I'll have my little bag for the next, usually the next three days. So I have my fish oils, my magnesium, vitamin C, vitamin D, everything in there. So my sup bag is ready to go. And also I'll prep for, I'll have um, most of my snacks and food for the day ahead ready to go already in a bag, which I'll leave in the fridge. And also, once again, just like you, I'll have my breakfast materials and foods all ready for me to go for first thing in the morning. And I would say that saves me... See, it doesn't take very much time. It might take only 10 minutes or so maximum to prep at night. But when I'm foggy first thing in the morning, yes, that's, that's a, that's a good thing. half hour right there. You know, usually trying to work out what the hell I'm doing, what I'm looking for, and then forgetting what I'm looking for and going back and, and looking for the same thing that's already in front of me. So it really does help. And that's a little piece of advice we can give you guys. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely worth taking on board. Yeah, of course. And at night, usually, you 
pretty pretty good to go he's giving me the we gotta go <laughs> we gotta go all right well you know what guys i reckon we're gonna cut this one short and please let us know what you'd like us to talk about leave it on our facebook page send us an email whatever you like and we'll see you guys next time for our next post see you next time